You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people door adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. To the gear 30 podcast where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all. <laughs> a, i don't know why i'm struggling with this so much i like start the podcast and then i can't remember what i'm supposed to say and start to panic it's like when you see somebody you know you know and then all of a sudden you lose their name yeah because <laughs> uh, maybe they say your name first right and you're like hey you yeah. I, I how's it been going <laughs> yeah yeah, it's kind of like that. Oh, it's um, so embarrassing. So welcome to the Gear 30 podcast where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And uh, what are we talking about today, Brandon? Well, I was looking at this book, uh, Justin Lichter, Trail Tested is the name of the book, A Through Hiker's Guide to Ultralight Hiking and Backpacking. And in here, he's got a rain jacket. It's a Montbell rain jacket. It has all these rain gear features uh, from the hoods, the vents, the chin guards, storm flaps, pockets, drop tail, draw cords. And it reminded me that you are um, undergoing, like you're trying to design some, some trying meaning like you're actually designing gear. Some of it, like, do we have, do we have like a prototype yet on some of the, yeah. Yeah. So I was curious (coughs) to know like what, what that's like and how, how do you take, like, if you wanted to design a jacket, where do you start and how do you get from point A to a finished product that you can wear? And wh- what are the considerations like things like the stretch in the elbow on the side, like yeah. all the things that you might not even think about when designing apparel for the outdoors, which you've discovered over the last year or so. Sure. Well, there's a, I mean, there are a few things to, to consider. So, <clears throat> so for starters, I guess, um, if you look at like an Arcteryx jacket, for example, or a Patagonia jacket, North Face jacket or whatever, versus a lower price jacket, you're going to notice a few things. Um, first of all, the fit's going to be better on those higher end jackets. They're usually going to be more durable. They um, are usually going to be more breathable and, and just function better. And it takes a lot of work. You know, there's like the 80-20 rule. Um, it takes, you know, 20% of the time to get 80% of the way there. And then 80% more time to get the last 20%. That's depressing. Yeah. And so, you know, you can, one of the things as we've been going through this process of designing gear is you can go to any, almost any factory in China or even here in the U.S. And you can, they're making jackets already and you can buy a jacket and put your, make, choose your colors, put your logo on it and that's your jacket. Mm-hmm. Or you can make some, some slight tweaks to it and then say it's my design and my jacket or whatever and it's my jacket and they're not that great i mean they're not horrible but they're not that great and there are a lot of people out there 
who have companies that are really good at marketing, but they don't. And so they go and they find a product that they market really well, and then they make money by marketing a mediocre product really well. And then there are other companies out there that make amazing products and can't market it. And those are kind of your cottage industry. A lot of times cottage industry companies, for example, um, there's some backpack companies for like ultralight backpacks and stuff who they make amazing gear, ultralight tents, backpacks, um, sleeping bags, even some of those types of things, even apparel that are just awesome, have great designs, but they don't really know how to market them. So they won't grow to the size. Um, so what separates in quality gear from like average gear yeah. on the development side? Yeah, so there's there are kind of three components to product development. The first off is the design. The design has to be good. And, and when you're talking apparel, that means that your um, the, artic- the, the fit of it needs to be good. It needs to be able to move with you in all the ways that you move while you're doing the activity. It can't be too baggy. It can't be too tight. It needs to... Um, just have the right shape it needs to be um, so yeah so the first one is the design the second one is the materials that you use if you're using cheap materials even if you have a good design the jacket's going to be cheap Um, and so quality materials are are the second thing and then the third thing is the construction or the manufacturing you can if you skimp on any one of these three things you're going to have excuse me you're going to have a cheap jacket you're going to have a cheap product but if you if you keep all of these really high the quality high on the fabric on the design and on the manufacturing then you're going to have a really awesome product that's going to last and what i've seen over the years i've seen companies like i'm going to just make some enemies here real quick i've seen companies for example like mountain hardware who made awesome, awesome gear. The design was great. The manufacturing was great. The materials they used were great. Um, for example, on their Trango tents that are were the um, expedition tent of choice for most high-altitude um, mountaineers and stuff like that for a long time. Um, their tents were amazing, and then they became much less amazing even though they look the same. Uh, so ra- the design was the same. Shortly after the time that Columbia bought them. Yeah. And so they cheapened the... The materials, the materials. And the manufacturing. So I... T- and the reason I know this is because I was talking to a guy who happened to work for him, who happened to be a tent designer for him. And he made... You know, he's made some of the very best tents in the world for his whole career, pretty much, for various companies. And... Um, he was telling me that when he was working for Mountain Hardware, they, I mean, they made awesome tents. And about the time, or shortly after Columbia bought them, they started getting a bunch of tents returned as warranty returns. And he said they used to get like a handful of tents for warranty, like three, four, five, maybe a year. And rarely did a tent fail. And if there was a warranty, it was usually a small thing or like, um, you know, well, I mean, usually seams would rarely ever come undone. Fabric would rarely ever tear. If it did, it was usually because of severe use and stuff like that. And, and they just hardly had any warranties. Then short, there was a like a one-month period where they had like 20 tents 
returned in like a one month period for warranties. And it just kind of happened out of nowhere. Their expedition tents used to never be returned, then suddenly they got a ton. So he started looking at it, trying to figure out what's going on here. And he noticed that they stopped using um, higher quality, like the top quality fabrics. And the stitches that they were using on the seams were a cheaper, um, easier to use stitch that wasn't as strong. So is this something that like, I mean, this is just something, this is stuff that like your everyday buyer is not going to notice. No. In a store. Like you go in and it's got the name of the tent, the name of the, the brand. And you're like, I trust this brand. I trust this name. Right. To do this. And then at any time they could maybe change the fabric or change the manufacturing. And then it, it lessens the, the quality of the product. Right. Yeah, they could. And to the, to the untrained eye and even to the trained eye without a magnifying glass or without testing the fabrics, they may look the same. Cause could you st- say it's like a certain, certain nylon Yeah. and that doesn't change, but it's, th- but it's, but it does, right? right. Like the so weight for, of it changes or something. Yeah. For example, the best nylons are generally made in Jip in Japan. And you can get rip-off nylons that look the same from factories in other parts of the world. And um, they'll look the same, but if you take some Velcro to them, like the, the scratchy part of the Velcro, and you rub it on the fabric, the Japanese fabrics that are made to like the highest standards, you can rub those on there for an hour and it like barely gets fuzzy and stuff. Now Velcro's pretty hard on on fabrics and that's a good way to test a fabric whether the face fabric is durable and abrasion resistant or not and so you'll take these top quality fabrics and you'll rub this velcro on them and you just you can really abuse them and the fabric holds up real well the cheaper fabrics that look the same you take velcro to them and they get fuzzy and start to peel very quickly and you know if you're not aware of that then i mean you you buy a jacket or or a tent or whatever else that you always thought was just it was just as good as they used to be and it looks the same and everything seems the same and it's not the same quality and you know Arc'teryx we talk about Arc'teryx on here a lot it's one of my favorite brands they are um, they've been really good at maintaining a top quality performance not compromising performance much over the years but there have even been times where they have chosen a slightly lesser material in order to keep costs down. So, for example, in some of their soft shell pants years ago, they used to use um, some fabrics from, um, there's a, a mill out of New England called Tweave, and the fabric that they used was DuraStretch. And they still do use that stuff for some of their stuff. Um, I'm not a Arc'teryx designer, so I can't tell you on everything what it is, but I still see their stuff used occasionally. Um, but some of their soft shell pants used to be made of this tweave stuff. And then there's a mill out of um, Asia somewhere, I forget, I think Taiwan, who started making a very similar soft shell fabric that didn't perform quite to the same level, but it was still good. It was still quite good, but not quite that very top level performance but the price was about half so how do you tell so if it's a if it's a arcteric such and such soft shell and then like on the tag like what does it say if they change like you can't you you wouldn't know you can't always tell um 
you know, on those, I have a pair of those pants that were made of that Tweed Durastretch stuff. Um, but my pants were made by a company called Northwest Alpine. And the guy, Bill, at Northwest Alpine, who um, he bought a bunch of seconds from Arcteryx of that mm. fabric that they had left over. And that's, so I got those pants. And, and I remember um, my brother-in-law has a soft shell jacket made of that Tweed Durastretch stuff from Arcteryx. Anyway, I have a pair of their soft shell pants made of the newer fabric or the different fabric from Taiwan. And if you fill them next to each other, the Taiwan fabric is not quite as supple, it's not quite as soft, um, but it's not that far different. It's mm-hmm. It feels fairly similar. But I can tell you, I will wear those Arcteryx soft shell pants next to the Northwest Alpine pants. And from a performance perspective, the Northwest Alpine pants perform much better. And what's it, the name of that, pr- that material? Um, the company is Tweave, T-W-E-A-V-E, and it's Dura Stretch. And they have a whole bunch of different weights of Dura So does it say like on the, on the tag, on the Arcteryx tag of the pants, like it does it say like 80% Dura Stretch or does it, does it say like a polyester mix or blend or something like that? So back in the day, they if you went on their website, you used to be able to, you could look up the materials and they would it would say Tweave Dura Stretch. Like uh-huh. Tweave Dura Stretch single layer, Tweave Dura, Dura Stretch double layer, or um, or whatever, and they usually call that out, and they still do to some extent, um, but they don't always. You don't always know like which mills they're coming from, and if they're going cheaper or whatever. And so, <clears throat> for me, I've chosen to try to buy brands that have, in my opinion, a reputation of maintaining quality to a high. A high standard. So Arcteryx is one of those. So even though they've gone a little bit cheaper <coughs> um, to save some money on some things, they, they would never go to something that's crap. Mm-hmm. Um, they always keep that quality high. They might save a little money here and there. But from, from my experience, their stuff always performs very well. Um, Hilleberg, when it comes to tents, they will not compromise on quality. They'll, their price will go up higher and higher before they ever compromise on quality. Every year. And every year, yeah. And so for me, like, I will stick with Hilleberg as long as I'm noticing that they're they're always performing at the level that I expect. Um, there's, you know, I, I did, back when I was in college, I wrote a paper um, for an environmental history class that I had, and I had to follow the life cycle of a product, an outdoor, or a product that, of my choice and I chose an outdoor product I chose a marmot sleeping bag that I had so I called up marmot and I started talking to them um, and asking questions about the life cycle of that bag where they got the fabrics from and where they got the down from and other things and and it was really fascinating to learn but then I called up Arcteryx because I wanted to ask them some questions about how they build their stuff and and this was at the time when Patagonia was really pushing the recycled materials thing and it's all about the environment and all that stuff and um, I don't think they've changed course in that no they haven't changed course and um, man if don't get me (laughs) don't get me started on that I get kind of fired up about that I think not that saving the environment is bad no the environment's great and saving the environment's great I just feel like it's uh in some cases for some companies more about the marketing than it actually is about the environment and um but anyway so i i called up arcteryx and started talking to them and 
one thing that Marmot said is, hey, we're, we're looking into using more and more recycled fabrics. We're trying to see if that's a, a good sh- a good move for us, and we're implementing that more and more into our apparel, and we might be implementing it more into sleeping bags and some of those types of things. Um, we're looking into it because that's important to us. I thought, yeah, that's cool. So then I asked Arcteryx. I said, so what, what is your uh, opinion on kind of environmental things? Like, oh, we really care about the environment. We encourage... Uh, our employees to ride bikes to work we've created a facility so that they you know they've got showers and other things and they can we've tried to make it really convenient for them to ride to work and stuff and I said what about using recycled materials and they said no we won't use recycled materials I said really why is that said well we tried it we tested it out not with any of our production stuff but a lot of our test products and and we found that recycled products last like maybe 20 percent as long as brand new products from a durability perspective they just don't last they don't hold up and we feel like if we just make the very best top quality products out of the best materials we can we're gonna we're gonna hurt the environment less by making products that last 15 or 20 years than products that last two or three years four years before they wear out and need to be replaced and they said so for our opinion is you know if we were going to help the environment we actually want to help the environment and I thought, well, that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. that's cool yeah. to hear that type of honesty. <clears throat> and um, and it's a different perspective than you'll hear in our industry because... Well, recycling, I mean, the notion, I mean, it's great. You can use it for so many things. Right. Um, unless it's some of the things that you make are, the quality is to where it's it falls apart right. after so many uses. And then it's like, okay, we'll do... <laughs> Is it worth the recycling or or what do you do with that stuff? Right. Because you don't want to not use the, the plastics and the materials. Did you see that article? It was raining plastic in the Rockies. Oh, yeah. I it's heard crazy. about that. Yeah. So, like, for me, I'm, I'm concerned about our ocean and I'm right. concerned about plastics. I'm not a fan of that. And so how do you recycle those into something that, we, that can be used, you know? Um, but maybe it's just not maybe it's not outdoor apparel sure yeah and you know there may be there there may be areas within outdoor apparel where it makes sense to use recycled stuff mm-hmm. maybe um i i don't know uh what that would be necessarily but there might be some some places where it makes sense um but when you're talking like hard shells that take a abuse and take a beating and stuff like that and a brand new hard shell that isn't made of recycled materials might last you 20 years of hard hard abuse versus two or three years of the same type of abuse from a recycled or maybe even five years like for me i'm gonna buy the non-recycled one because you know it's better for the environment i don't like buying stuff that falls apart it drives me nuts i'd much rather have a jacket that's 20 years old and so i i do think that there's uh that it's important to really pay close attention to the quality and what what I'm finding in the world and in factories and in mills as I'm talking to various um, fabric mills and talking to different factories and stuff is there's becoming less and less of a demand for quality and more more of a demand for low price and it's becoming harder and harder to find the high quality products and materials and other things um, than maybe it used to be hmm. And so that that concerns me a little bit. You can still find them. Yeah, because I would much rather pay more money for something that's going to last a lot longer, right? Than have to 
spend money twice. But I mean, I'll tell you another story, and this kind of includes Columbia again. And now these are all just my opinions. I so I don't have any solid proof of this necessarily. These are my opinions. <laughs> it's an opinion here. show. Um, but so years ago, I bought my first pair of Prana pants back when I was like sixteen. Prana stretch sign pants, and I rock climb in Which them. Which we all the sell time. a ton of still. We still t- sell and a ton shorts. of them, yeah. and I still like them for the most part. But um, so I bought this pair of pants. I was 16. I wore them rock climbing uh, at least. I mean, I probably wore them at least one or two days a week for three years. Then I went and moved to Europe for a couple of years because I was um, I was going on a mission for my church. I was a missionary, and I took those pants with me. Because once a, once a week we'd have a day where we would just wear normal clothes, do our laundry, grocery shopping, all that stuff. And so I took those pants and I'd wear those pants on my mission. And so I wear th- wore those about once a once a week for two years on my mission. So five years now. Got home from my mission, got a job laying carpet, and those became my work pants laying carpet. And I laid carpet for about two years using those pants almost every day before I finally wore holes in the knees. I, I'm going to say you got your money's worth Absol- out of those. Yeah. So I don't know how long that was. Seven years of owning these pants before I finally wore them out because I wore holes in the knees because I was crawling around on my knees all day. And I got a new pair of Stretch Zion pants and to replace them. And they lasted like two years. But the ta- I want to know, the tag on the, do they say the exact same thing what they're made out of? Um, so the fabric changed a little bit. The tags didn't call out anything. It didn't say anything about it's changes same, or anything. And the in their mind, it's the same pants, okay. same thing. They made a little bit of changes to the fit and those type slimmed them down a little bit and that sort of thing. Um, but no change in fabric apparently. But if you look on the actual tag of what they're made of, the old ones used to have a little bit of cotton had some polyester and some nylon all mixed together the new ones are pretty much all like nylon uh yeah i think they're all nylon and um there's no cotton in them and so i know that the fabric has changed there i don't think there's any polyester i could be wrong i don't think there's any polyester in them Uh, i think it's just nylon but the fabric doesn't hold up as well as it used to it's still a good pant so that saves them money like what would be their yeah, they, argument? They just went with the cheaper fabric, so it saves them money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're paying. They might be even paying as much as half, uh, half the money per per bolt of fabric, which is significant when you're talking about thousands of yards, thousands and thousands of yards, tens of thousands probably, um, for or maybe hundreds of thousands even. But that can be a significant amount of money. Also, the the zipper on the old pants never failed. The zipper on the new pants broke within the first few few uh, months of owning them. And, like, I still wear the pants. I, I wore them yesterday. I broke the little button that um, yeah. fastens the front of it, broke that, so now I can't wear them without a belt yeah. or they fall off. And, like, seven years of those old pants never had any issues. Seven years of these new – or less than probably two years of these new pants and I was running into all these issues even still I like the pant a lot and I've owned probably another two pairs since then and I I have a pair right now that I like wearing but they're just they're not the same 
And those changes seem to, I've, I've noticed those changes in some of the other Prana apparel as well, that they're just, it's not quite the level so of quality fabrics. So does Columbia own Prana? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. But as you see, some of these other brands get bought out by bigger bigger companies. That's when they make changes. It seems like they start to make changes and the mm-hmm. quality drops a little bit. And the, if you're not looking for it, the products look about the same. They don't last quite as long. They're not as well made, in my opinion. And uh, usually that's because, hey, we can spend half as much on this product and people think it's the same thing. Hmm. So... I've seen this all across I get the it. outdoor industry. Yeah, it makes sense when they do that. It's just um, compared to a Hilleberg who probably will never sell, um, they maintain. They maintain. Yeah. And so then it's like, where's the importance? And is it more important to have Prana around because they make really good stuff? And if they can save some money and be profitable and right. keep kicking out some great gear for us to use, then it's like, yeah, big deal. So their pants don't last as long. Or... Or is it more important that it's like, I really want those pants that I, that last seven years without breaking down on me Yeah. back. I mean, it's my personal opinion that if you stick with the quality and you stick to the making the best product you can, um, that's your, that's your best bet for sticking around long-term. Mm-hmm. That's my personal opinion. Um, and there are, you know, there are a lot of CEOs out there that would disagree and it's all about the bottom line or whatever. But, I mean, you look at the, the companies that have been out for a really long time, that commitment to quality has, has been always been there. But as you design and you research fabrics and you see the price of these, it's probably eye-opening. It's like, oh, I could save a ton of money Oh yeah. if I use a cheaper fabric. Yeah, so I went to Scholler, uh, the Swiss um, mill, the mill in Switzerland that makes amazing stretch-woven fabrics. And a lot of really cool stuff. And I said, hey, um, I'm interested in learning about your fabrics and get a bunch of samples and stuff like that. And they said, so what are you interested in? And I told them, well, soft shell fabrics for one. And they said, oh, you're going to want to go. And they started pointing me to this mill out of Taiwan called Everest something or other out of Taiwan. I said, well, why would you be sending me there? And they said, well, because they make a fabric that's very similar to ours. That's probably about 85% as good as ours. They're selling it for less than half the price. Mm. It's like Patagonia used to work with us. They're working with Everest now. Arcteryx used to work with us more. They're with Everest now. It's like we still have partners, but not nearly as many because they're all going for the cheaper one that's pretty good. And I said, well, that's interesting. Um, it, it is tempting to say that I can make something that's 80% as good for half the price but for me it's like well i want to make the best stuff that i can and why would, yeah why would they send you there though well and they just i think he just his attitude was well it's inevitable you probably haven't talked to them yet once mm. you do you're gonna go with them because that's Got what okay. that's what happens um so i've i've talked to them more and more and i've talked to tweeve um and i've talked to a few other brands and i've just found for myself because i've used i own I own products that are made of tweed material, that are made of shoulder material, that are made of some of these other companies versus the cheaper uh, Black mills. Diamond Apparel started started with shoulder. Yeah. I don't know if they're still using it. Not anymore. Nope. No. And the shoulder stuff's better. The tweed stuff is better. And mm. so it's really a hard, 
it's hard to make those decisions because when it comes to money, like you'd love to just say, oh, I'm going to stick with quality no matter what. But when you're running out of money, it's, and when, when all of your competitors and everybody thinks that they're the same quality and stuff, all your competitors are 30% cheaper or something like that. It's hard to compete. Yeah. And somebody's selling 10,000 units of a pant and you're only selling a thousand units and you think you could compete better if you drop the price 30% and we're on the same level playing field for mm. price. So, so I get it. It's hard. It's a, those are hard decisions to make, but, um, you know, for our company, we're not, not, um, well for our company, we're trying to be really, really good about sticking to our principles, not compromising on quality, um, using the best materials we can where it really matters. And, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a hard dilemma for a lot of designers and, and especially for designers who are getting a lot of pressure from uh, the financial part arm of the company and and those types of things because um, you can't ignore the finances of it or you go out of business but on the other hand you don't want to compromise the the materials or the construction or uh, the design at all and so yeah it's it's difficult well that's um that's really interesting i could probably could talk another hour on that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because we really didn't get into much of the on the manufacturing side, which could probably be a whole other conversation. Um, the f- but the fabrics were enough for today. But that's it's crazy how much they vary. Yeah, it is. And when I was at Outdoor Retailer uh, a couple years ago, meeting with some fabric companies, um, I met with a I met with Pertex, which is a um, Japanese fabric company makes awesome stuff and that's why when you see a jacket that's made of Pertex fabric the reason why it's important the designers know that that's important the rest of us don't have a clue we don't know like yeah Pertex or any other fabric whatever um, the designers know that's important because Pertex being a Japanese company they have built a reputation on making awesome fabrics that hold up mm. and that that will last and um for example marmot made a sleeping bag uh it was a real ultralight sleeping bag that the their gas bag the the gas um categories of bags like the lithium and the helium and those types of bags they used to be made of ultralight fabrics that were uh i don't i think they were pertex at one point and, and but really nice fabrics ultralight fabrics and then their price dropped down on those on those bags um, they came out with their plasma bags and those were made of pertex quantum fabric which is super light really durable um, and then they dropped the price on their gas bags weight by quite a bit but the way that they did it is they skimped on that shell fabric kept it real lightweight but they it was not nearly as nice not as water resistant not nearly as durable um, they went with a lesser f- outer fabric, but they were able to drop the price by like 50 bucks per bag yeah, or something that's like significant. that. And so it's, it's hard because, you know, they came out the plasma for the people that wanted the very best of the best, they could still get it. But for then the other people that wanted a white bag, but couldn't fork out all the money, they offered that. And so, you know, are they selling out? Mm, maybe they're just trying to, trying to reach more people and more people's needs. Uh, it's kind of hard hard to know yeah it's interesting so 
Um, that's yeah. That's why we could listen to the podcast. Yeah. And learn learn about some of these trends. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So. In fabrics and design. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Um, you know, we've as with all good designers, I think when you're trying to design a new product, you look at what's on the market and you find the best and that's your benchmark. I don't think designers go into anything being like, how, how can I make this as cheap and as I, right. as crappy as I can? Like right. it probably starts out always with like the nicest, best materials. Cause I would hope. You'd and, hope so. And yeah. then, and then eventually it's like, okay, that's way, it's way too expensive. Right. We've got to figure out how to make this cheaper. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's generally the case, but with designers, you look at what's out there on the market and you find the best and then that's your benchmark. You're like, how can I be better than this? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's what we've done with our, with the stuff that we're designing. I took Arcteryx, I took Mahmood, I took a bunch of different Black Diamond and a bunch of different companies that make really awesome stuff, really top notch stuff. And we said, how can we make it better than this? How can we, how can we either meet or exceed these guys on the design on the materials and on the manufacturing and you know right now Arcteryx and, and for the last however long they've been in the in business 30 years plus maybe um, they've been number one on manufacturing like you can meet their manufacturing quality you can't exceed it so mm. far because they're just doing things that nobody else does and that's their bread and butter they they come up with some awesome manufacturing ways but you can still use the factories they use and you can still kind of get right up there as far as manufacturing the materials they're trying to use the best materials but sometimes they're you know skimping a little bit to save some money um, and then their designs are very good but I think in the design area they can be beat or maybe not beat but you can do things a little bit differently to meet certain needs better for example Arcteryx is really good at making really streamlined stuff sometimes i think they take it too far and they try to make their stuff too streamlined and too light at the expense of maybe comfort and even performance sometimes hmm. so so we've we've we found some benchmarks some various companies that we thought were just top notch and we said okay how can we do better and i think we've done it on on at least so far on the products that we're developing i think we've i don't know if they're better but i would say i would say there there's an argument to be made that they are as as good and those and, and maybe uh, well better. and now, maybe better. now we all want to buy them yeah that'll they'll be coming out in a while to come <laughs> yeah right, to they're come. coming out so in the process cool yeah it, it might be a little while still before that happens but anyway yeah this the design process this has been it's been really fun for me to see all of the different sides of the outdoor industry where this gear comes from. I've been designing my own gear since I was a, a young teenager, designing it on paper, sewing some of that stuff up with my mom's sewing machine and stuff like that. Um, but it's been fun to really kind of get into the nitty gritty of the industry and learn a lot of these little secrets and stuff like that. And try to navigate that but probably learn some things you didn't want to learn yeah definitely <laughs> yeah definitely but um yeah i guess if there's one thing that i've learned is um most of these reputable companies they care that their stuff doesn't fall apart it's not just about money for them but it is about money and so they'll right. you know they'll skimp where they can but they they don't want to sell crap 
right and stuff so i'm looking at a north face duffel bag right here i'm looking at it and thinking i bet they skimped on some of those fabrics and some of the whatevers to save some money on that with that said that is going to perform quite well it's going to do well yeah uh, and they've got a lifetime guarantee to back it up we we went to uh on vacation where the heck did we go remember anyway my wife uh went and bought some duffel bags uh i think she was at walmart and bought some duffel bags uh for uh, her and the 17 year old to just throw their stuff in and the one duffel tore like on the first trip yeah like first trip and it i mean it felt cheap and then it was it broke down and i don't know what they spent probably not very much right a fraction of what this north face bag is um but that's the difference right like yeah, you can get it. It's easy to find and it's cheap, um, but uh, it 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 just it may not last very long. Right. Yeah, and if you take that North Face duffel, that's going to last you years and years of hard use and abuse. And they were still saving money. And on they're this still thing. saving money on yeah. this thing. Yeah, and so that's probably their argument. Right. Is it's exactly. Like, yeah. Well, it's ten times better than this other company. Right. That's selling crap somewhere else. But yeah. Yeah, it's still going to do what you need it to do. Um, with that said, you take a Hilleberg tent on top of Everest, or not on top, but up on Everest, next to a cheapened mountain hardware tent, for example, and a big storm comes up, you better believe I want to be in that Hilleberg tent and not the mountain hardware tent. Because when your life's on the line and when crap hits the fan, you got to be don't able want to skim. You gotta be able to rely on your yeah. stuff, you know? So, anyway, yeah, I think it's, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting dilemma to to kind of navigate but design cool yeah we just follow up on that with yeah manufacturing. we can we can talk more about that in the future that'd be it's fun for me to talk about this too so cool all right well thanks for joining us today on this podcast um we if you want to follow gear 30 on instagram our handle is at gear underscore three zero and you can check out our website gear30.com spelled out g-e-a-r-t-h-i-r-t-y.com and follow us on or uh, like us on facebook and uh that's it thanks for joining us thanks